Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 6-12, through 12, called The Restrainer and the Strong Delusion. We're in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. We're continuing to move verse by verse through the books, First uh, and 2 Thessalonians. And this time, we are looking at the restrainer and the strong delusion. 2 Thessalonians 2, we'll be looking at verses 6 through 12. So if you're new to us, what we normally do is we locate the, the biblical text and then we stand. If you're able to stand, go ahead and stand to your feet. And we'll read the text together. 2 Thessalonians 2, we'll begin at verse 6. It reads this way, And you know what restrains him now, so that in his time he may be revealed. The restraining idea goes back to this man of lawlessness that we looked at last time, mentioned in verse 3 and 4. Paul says there's a restraining influence that in his time he may be revealed. For the mystery, verse 7, of lawlessness, tying back to the man, is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then that lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearing or the appearance of his coming. That is, the one who is coming in accord with the activity of Satan, with all power and signs and false wonders, and with all deception of wickedness for those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. And for this reason, God will send upon them a deluding influence so that they might believe what is false in order that they all may be judged who did not believe the truth but took pleasure in wickedness. You may be seated. Father, as we uh, consider a very uh, difficult passage on many levels, one that's had a lot of different interpretations and one also that is difficult in terms of just the sobering uh, reality of it. But we live in a sobering time, so this should not shock us. And the church has dealt with a lot of difficulty over the years with different leaders that have risen up and persecuted the church. And this is a day where we've gotten a taste of it in America. But there is a restraining influence that is keeping this man of lawlessness from uh, making his appearance. When he appears, it will only be for a brief time. He will be slayed by the ultimate warrior, Jesus Christ. And we're grateful for that. And we need a special uh, anointing, Lord, this morning, understanding of your word. So would you help us open our eyes, help us to understand your word, to uh, uh, cut it straight, to uh, exegete it properly, we might say, so that we have proper understanding, and also give us the application so that we can walk out of here applying your word as well. So we lay this time at your feet. We pray that we'd have ears to hear what your spirit says to your church in these days. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. amen. The Restrainer and the Strong Delusion. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 6, Paul writes, And you know, he's writing to the church at Thessalonica, what restrains him now. 
so that in his time he may be revealed. For the mystery, the Greek word there is mysterion, a sacred secret often referring to something about Christ that's hidden in the Old Testament or re- and then revealed in the New. Something about the church hidden in the Old Testament, revealed in the New. Here, this secret may not be categorized as sacred, but it is a mystery. There's a mystery of lawlessness that's already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Uh, Some say you could render this until he is taken out of the middle or the midst. This is the famous passage about the restrainer. Who is the restrainer? I heard one pastor say that there's 40 different views of who the restrainer might be. (laughs) Well, that... I can tell you, I've done a lot of research on this for a lot of years, and I can tell you I'm going to try to boil this down to a handful, uh, but I do believe that you're going to hear some things that are kind of interesting and maybe new to you in terms of who this restrainer may be. What we do know is that this restraining influence is rendered in both the neuter and the masculine. So it seems to be a uh, kind of a non-personal entity and then have a leader. Uh, a male leader, if you will, a masculine leader. And I'll dig that out in a second. But this particular restraining principle or person is withholding something. And what it is withholding or holding back or standing in the way of is the revealing of this man of lawlessness. Now, just to remind ourselves where we've been Paul has been talking about the day of the Lord, which I believe is the second coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, Just another way to say it. He says of the day of the Lord, look at uh, end of verse two, that the day of the Lord has come. People are saying that it's come. They've written letters. Maybe there was a prophecy. Let no one, verse three, in any way deceive you, for it will not come, the day of the Lord will not come unless two things come first. We studied this last Sunday. If you weren't with us, you can go back and listen to it. Two things. The apostasy, we talked about that word being a defection, probably a religious defection from a previously held position. And most would argue here we're going to have a defection from Christianity. Near the end of time or near the second coming, we're going to have a revolt. Many people walk away from a previously confessed position. The apostasy or the defection, or you could say the rebellion. That's one thing. Two, the, and the man of lawlessness, and these seem to go together, and the man of lawlessness may be responsible for many people's defections, is revealed. He's called the son of destruction or the son of perdition. A little bit more about him. He opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship. He wants to be deified, if you will, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. Now, there's a couple of Old Testament passages that are kind of interesting in this regard. Most people take these as prophecies about Satan. They're found in Isaiah 14, starting in verse 12 and right uh, up to about verse 15, and Ezekiel 28. In the historical context, they apply to the king of Babylon and the king of Tyre. But as you walk them out, they have a dual meaning. And many believe that they apply to Satan himself. 
who wanted to exalt himself above the stars of God, who wanted to be looked at as God, who wanted worship. And this has been true even in the Roman Empire. Once the Roman Empire began to unfold, they practiced something called emperor worship. This is where a lot of Christians actually got in trouble in the Roman world, was they refused to worship the emperor or to call the emperor Lord. And many of them were persecuted because of it up till really the time of Constantine. Uh, so you had a lot of persecution going on because Christians refused to call anybody else Lord but the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Paul went into Thessalonica, we studied this when we began the books in Acts 17, the accusation against Paul and his missionary partners were that they were saying that there was another king, namely Jesus. And in the Roman Empire, they would put up with a lot of stuff. They let a lot of religious persuasions go on. But if you began to threaten sedition against the emperor, that's when you were in trouble. If you started to say that there was another king besides Caesar, you would get yourself in big trouble. And so some believe that Paul is a bit obscure in who the man of lawlessness is and the restraining influence because of the threat of the Roman Empire. Some scholars say, why was Paul not direct? For example, a major view, if you've been around, uh, like, for example, Calvary Chapel circles for the last 20, 40 years, is that the restrainer is the Holy Spirit or the, the Holy Spirit working in the church. And that's been a major view. And uh, they would say something like this, well, if that was the case, why didn't Paul just say it? Why didn't Paul just say the Holy Spirit is the restraining influence working in the church? Why is he obscure in his language? And some people think that he's obscure because of the threat of Rome and because the existence of Rome itself may tie to this whole idea of the man of lawlessness and the restrainer. Some of you know that there's a whole view called preterism that believes that all of these prophecies or the bulk of them have happened in the past. And some people believe that Nero was the beast or the Antichrist and that all of these things, largely, or I should say the large portion of the book of Revelation, and some of these references were fulfilled either at the fall of Jerusalem in AD 70 or as time unfolded in the Roman Empire, which officially, scholars would say, ended in 476 AD. And uh, the Dark Ages is put between 500 and 1500. That's when you have the rise of the Roman papacy. And I'm sorry if I'm using a lot of technical terms for some of you, but I think a lot of you have heard this before. This is where you had the rise of the Roman Catholic Church led by the papal structure or the Pope. And Pope means father. And so the Pope was seen as carrying on the ministry of Peter, who was considered by the Roman Catholic Church the first Pope, which is not grounded in a whole lot of fact at all. But they think that there's been successions from Peter, and that's why the Pope is called the Vicar of Christ. And I could give you quotes right now. Some of the, the quotes are debated and controversial, where popes have stood up throughout history and essentially claimed to be God. I'm, I'm talking about quotes where they actually say they are God on the earth. So some interesting, scary stuff. And in fact... Uh, let me, I'm kind of jumping ahead, but I'll just tell you uh, the historic view of the restrainer and the man of lawlessness, the first three centuries of the church, pretty much unanimous 
was that it was the Roman Empire. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. I'm Rob Newton, Program Director for Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance. I've been working with this ministry for nearly three years. I have to tell you, I'm so blessed the Lord has connected me with Pastor Michael and the entire staff at Living Truth Christian Fellowship. I've worked with quite a few ministries, and I'm going to be honest with you, I could be skeptical. Well, if I'm really honest, judgmental right off the bat because of my past experiences working with other ministries. I'd think, okay, they seem kind and loving. Let's see how long this lasts. Anyway, the point I'm making is that Pastor Michael and the entire staff, and I mean the entire staff, are wonderful people. Did you know before we end a staff meeting with prayer, we end it with making a list of people who need or are asking for prayer and pray for them too. I can go on and on about the staff, but time's ticking away. If you've been listening for some time, I want to let you know from my experience, Pastor Michael is a good man. He cares about the mission the Lord has placed before him. He loves his church, and he loves you. Why else would he speak the truth even when you don't want to hear it? This podcast exists because of him and the Lord's gift to him. We would love to expand this ministry to be on more radio stations, and we need your help to do it. Before we can add a radio station, we need our largest radio station airtime bill to be completely funded by listeners like you. That price per year is $44,500 a year. Now let's get transparent. Walk in Truth has been on the air since 2012, thanks to our church. Last year, 16 listeners outside our church collectively gave nearly $1,500. We were so grateful and excited to see growth. I mean, really excited. This year, in all its uncertainty, has surprised us and given us so much hope. So far, 191 listeners have collectively given nearly $11,000. It's amazing, right? We would love your help and support to raise the remaining $33,500. Monthly partnership is what we need. Can you commit to giving at least $1 a month? We have a lot of podcast listeners, and if even half commit between $1 and $5, we will make our goal. If everyone thinks, well, others will give that $1 a month, I don't need to then most won't give. Your monthly partnership is needed. If you're a new listener, please only help by praying for our ministry and its mission to equip people with God's truth. But if you've listened for some time and you're starting to see walking truth as I do, please commit to giving $1 to $5 a month. Or if you're already a monthly partner, upping your gift by $5. Please visit walkintruth.com today to give your tax-deductible donation. That's walkintruth.com. And thank you. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. I'm, I'm talking about quotes where they actually say they are God on the earth. So some interesting, scary stuff. And in fact, uh, let me, uh, I'm kind of jumping ahead, but I'll just tell you uh, the historic view of the restrainer and the man of lawlessness, the first three centuries of the church, pretty much unanimous was that it was the Roman Empire and that the empire was the neuter in the language, kind of a a non-personal. So the empire itself is the neuter and the masculine, he uh, is the emperor. And so there was unanimity among the early church. Names like Tertullian, Irenaeus, Hippolytus, all believed that this was the case. But of course, the, uh, the end did not come in the Roman Empire, right? And then Constantine rose up and it largely became Christianized and history unfolded. And then as the reformers came along, names like Martin Luther, 
and Tyndale and others, they began to say that the Roman Catholic structure, and I'm, I want to be careful to tell you that there's a, there are a lot of good Roman Catholic people who are in churches today that are born again, wonderful, precious saints of God. I'm just going to give you history. I'm not trying to bash anybody here, just so you guys all know. I grew up in the Roman Catholic Church. I, I was given a foundation in the church. I think there's some ro- things wrong in it, uh, doctrinally and otherwise, but there's some things wrong in the evangelical church as well. <laughs> so, so let me just clarify that. But what happened was a lot of power was put into the Pope. And, and so what happened it, over history is that the reformers believed that the Pope's were largely the representation of the man of lawlessness. And uh, they were damaging the church. In fact, I said at second service last week that rough estimates are between 500 and 1500 AD, the Roman Catholic papal structure, not all of them, killed 50 million Christians. So I want you to think about that for a second. 50 million Christians were killed over a period of 1,000 years by the Roman Catholic papal structure. You say, why? Because they were trying to get Bibles into the common man's hands. Because they were questioning the authority of the whole structure. And so the reformers began to say that the man of lawlessness and the Antichrist is that whole structure And of course, the Roman Catholics began to say that Luther and the Lutherans were the Antichrist. (laughs) So this is the way history has unfolded. And this this was a major perspective in the early church. Paul had seen to tell, verse 6, the Thessalonians already in person what this was. He said, you know what restrains, if you have a King James, what withholdeth him now so that in his time he may be revealed. The word restrains is uh, K-A-T-E-C-H-O in the Greek. It's neuter in verse 6 and masculine in verse 7. For the mystery, and this is clouded in some mystery, of lawlessness is already at work, only, notice, he who now, there you have the masculine, restrains, will do so until he's taken out of the way or taken out of the middle. So this man of lawlessness who's going to make an appearance is being restrained. And so uh, I mentioned to you that there were people like Justin Martyr, Hippolytus, Hippolytus, Tertullian, Cyril of Rome, Jerome, who wrote, who translated the Latin Vulgate, Ambrose, Chrysostom, all held this view. The consensus of the reformers, Luther, Huss, Calvin, Tyndale, and others, all held that it was the Roman Catholic Church led by the papacy. And uh, you're going to see in a moment that there's going to be counterfeit miracles that happen. And some have argued, and I'm, I'm not convinced that this view is right, but I'm just laying it out to you so you're aware, that there have been uh, at least alleged miracles within the Roman Catholic Church and in order to become a saint, you had have to have done at least one miracle. And you guys have heard some of the different spots where miracles alleged to have happened. The more recent one I can think of is uh, apparent manifestations of the Virgin Mary in Medjugorje, Yugoslavia. They've been investigated by the Catholic Church, by the Evangelical Church. 
There's these kids that said that the Virgin Mary floating off the ground began to appear to them. They called her the Madonna. And uh, unfortunately, as the apparitions went on, the appearances or alleged appearances of this entity, the entity began to tell these young people that all religions lead to God and that you just have to be sincere and whatever you believe is okay. And you can see how problematic that is. So whenever anything happens, we have to measure it by our Bible. Now, um, I mentioned to you there's, a, there's been a major view that's gone around. It was popularized by somebody named Darby, who really was involved with something called dispensationalism. And he, he believed that the Roman Empire was the fourth beast and that the Antichrist would come out of that empire. But he said, at the bottom, the presence of the church and the Holy Spirit on the earth is the restraining influence. Some believe that the restrainer, keeping this man of lawlessness from being revealed, and most would equate him with the Antichrist, is the rule of law, generally speaking, just law itself, Roman law or some other law to keep order. Some believe, I'm giving you just a handful of the major views, that the restrainer is God or the angels delaying the coming of Christ. Some have suggested the Father or the Holy Spirit is, is the restrainer. An angel makes more sense for how could God be removed or taken out of the way? That seems odd. Some believe that the restraining factor was the preaching of the gospel and that the restrainer was the Apostle Paul using the neuter and the masculine, the preaching of the gospel and Paul being the masculine. Jesus did say in Matthew 24, 14, this gospel must be preached to all the nations and then the end will come. So some people believe that. B.B. Warfield thought that it was the Jewish state. Some believe it's the church. And finally, some believe that maybe an evil power or Satan is holding sway on this mystery of lawlessness being revealed since he is Satan's agent. You've been listening to The Restrainer and the Strong Delusion, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 6 through 12. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on apps like Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, and more. Please search for us and subscribe so you can listen to this series and many other teachings from Pastor Michael, like his teachings in 1 Thessalonians or the book of Revelation. Remember, search and subscribe Walk in Truth wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, one of the beauties of Scripture is that you have multiple attestation. Those are big words, but it simply means multiple authors attest to the same reality. And that could be true of prophecy. It could be true, for example, of the resurrection, where all four gospel authors give a different angle on the resurrection, thus verifying its veracity, if you will. And that also happens in prophecy with Paul and John in the book of Revelation, and Peter in Second Peter, and so forth. And so Paul is telling us about something that's going to happen that is going to be connected to the revealing of the man of sin, and it'll be also connected to the great apostasy or defection, and it is the restrainer and the strong delusion. Now, in this message, I'm getting into some detail and some different views and maybe some stuff that you haven't heard before. But I would encourage you to dive into your Bible and and check what I say, just like the Bereans checked Paul. See if these things are so. 
see if they're biblical, see if they hold up under the light of biblical exegesis, we would say, and checking your Bible and cross-referencing and all that good stuff and looking at history. So the restrainer and the strong delusion, that's what's going on. And uh, we want to encourage you that if you have a question or if you need prayer, need to talk to a pastor, need some encouragement, we have a pastoral hotline, you could call it. It's a number to call us. And it's 844-48-TRUTH, 844-48-TRUTH, Tuesday through Friday during normal business hours, where you can talk to a pastor, you can get prayer. Uh, You could even ask a question. You can also ask questions on our website, walkintruth.com. Hey, if you're new to Walk in Truth, this is Pastor Michael. We have a great church in the city of Corona that I pastor. It's called Living Truth. And uh, you can find out more information when you call us at 844-48-TRUTH or when you go to walkintruth.com. So glad you're listening. We'll catch you right here tomorrow for more on The Restrainer and The Strong Delusion. One more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $5 donation helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and help you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Please give your $5 donation at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 6-12, through 12, called The Restrainer and the Strong Delusion. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.